For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us as we get set to preview the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts for this Sunday's matchup in Nashville. And we're also proud to introduce Lawrence Owen of Believe in Colts. Lawrence, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Certainly. We really appreciate Lawrence stepping in to give us the update. What's the latest in Indianapolis? We're going to hear what's the situation involving the quarterbacks and just what the Titans can expect whenever Indy comes to town. But before we get into all of that, I want to ask, do you believe? Oh, do you believe? I yeah. believe. Yeah. <laughs> and Believe in Titans is presented by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet. On all your favorite sports, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Boys, we're getting set. The first AFC South division matchup for these two teams. Lawrence, I'll start with you. What are you expecting this coming weekend? Oh, I'm expecting two teams that know each other very, very well to, to come in and show a lot of physicality because that's what we get when we see the Titans and the Colts play. It, it's a it's a no-holds-barred fight from start to finish. No matter who's winning, how big the score is, you always see both teams fighting tooth and nail all the way down to the final whistle. So that's what I'm expecting, no matter what the score is or anything. It's just going to be a heck of a, a no-holds-barred brawl, uh, in my opinion, on that on that gridiron. And, Denard, I'm, of course, going to ask you, my friend, how, how are you doing? I want to hear your beautiful voice. Bless me oh, with those vocal man, cords. That, you know what? For you, this, that's the first time you said, I want to hear your beautiful voice. And I tell you Don't what, get used to it. I feel, <laughs> I, Lawrence, that really touched me. And I'm, I'm just going to have a little intimate moment to myself right now. I've, I've never heard him say that in the last few years we've been doing this podcast. So 
that's really beautiful of, of you, Davey. And, and again, I love you as always, like a brother that I've never wanted. Hmm. Thank you, D. And <laughs> as, as we get set, I want to ask you, we're coming off the high of beating Seattle in overtime from an epic second half comeback by Mike Vrabel and his team. Going into this game as a guy that has had games where you ended up coming out with the upper hand, what's it like going into that next week trying to make sure you come back down to earth? Yeah, you know what? You know, Davey, this this season, it, it's not it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Coaches will always tell you that. You have 17 games for the first time uh, in history of the National Football League that we're playing a 17-game schedule. So we have 15 more of these. And what you have to do is to make sure each week you understand that the most important game that you will play in this league is the next game. And the Tennessee Titans, they know the history between uh, the Titans and the Colts. Believe me, Mike Vrabel has stressed it, stress to his team what happens. He, hey, he went back to that film last year and showed them when they came down to Tennessee and absolutely whooped our behinds and vice versa. When Tennessee went up last year to Indy and basically beat them down. So it looks like when you look at recent history, uh, it looks like the team that is the, the away team typically plays pretty good at the home team uh, stadium. So let's hope for our sake uh, that the Titans will erase a little bit of that history and play well Sunday. So, again, you don't have to get up for this game. You know why, Debo? Because why it's all it's also a division game, which means what, D? And to quote the great Denard Walker, it counts as two. There you go. Uh, uh, you're learning practice practice makes perfect man so (laughs) you got a lot more than that but you did good (laughs) (laughs) so so guys we're going into this matchup and one of the things that both teams have started to have to face a little adversity in this department as we're heading only two weeks into it but has to revolve around the injuries for both teams and at different positions now Titans still waiting for an update on the offensive line as it relates to both Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold. Both guys not a well, Taylor wasn't able to go at left tackle before Seattle, and Roger, of course, went down once, came back in, and then ultimately left the game uh, for a second time and did not return to action. And then, Lawrence, we go to the Colts, and as we all know in the National Football League, I mean, it all revolves around quarterback. And right now, the Colts are having some concerns as to who will be playing quarterback as it relates to the ankle injuries that Carson Wentz sustained in that game against the Rams on Sunday. What's what's the latest you're hearing? And I mean, what what do Colts fans expect if Carson's not able to go? Honestly, there's man, there's a lot of of worry uh, if Carson ain't ready to go. Personally, there's a lot of worry if he can go because a high ankle sprain is not something you want to mess around with. Um, because it's it's one of those kind of sprains that you can re-injure it and make it a lot worse, right? So even if even if it's taped up, it's one of those situations. Um, when it comes to Carson Wentz, though, uh, a lot of worry sitting there because uh, right now the offensive line has not been performing at its best the last two weeks, and he's had to really step up and do some Andrew Luck esque style plays for those of you who remember Andrew Luck 
and, and, and the kind of things that he used to do and, and extending plays and getting away from pressure and things of that nature. And that's what Carson Wentz has been doing this season. And if, if he's got two bum ankles, I don't see how he's going to be able to escape the pressure. And if he cannot play our backup in Jacob Eason is a pocket quarterback that does not move well outside the pocket. He does not, he's not known for being able to throw accurate passes. Strong arm, as he may have, his accuracy goes down where it has in the past when he's on the move. So there's a lot of worry in that department. With Jacob Easton, obviously, the inexperience can be uh-huh. a factor that Denard Shane Bowen could be licking his chops. D, if I'm putting you in the shoes of a defensive coordinator and you're having to go up against a guy who does not have much play in the NFL, we've the, the conversation around much of this NFL season has been the amount of rookie quarterbacks that have been getting play and so far, it's not exactly been favorable for them when you're looking at the outcome. If you're Shane Bowen and you're going up against this Colts offense, and let's say Jacob Eason is the quarterback, what's your plan of attack? How do you think Shane's going to try to dial up some pressure here or there? Or do you think he just sits back and tries to stop the run game and make Jacob beat you through the air? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, in the old school, in the old school way, when you have a rookie quarterback, like you said, licking your chops, you know what you do? blitz and you know what you do after that you blitz him again and you keep doing it you keep doing it until he can pick it up and that's one of the things that young quarterbacks have a problem with in this league especially that first year is when you blitz them I remember when we played Peyton Manning in his second year I know Lawrence don't want to hear this back in 99 when we went down in that divisional playoff game and that was Peyton's second year and Davey I know you don't want to hear this story but we knew we were going to play a second-year quarterback that the year prior to that year, he threw a lot of interceptions. But you know one of the things that he struggled with? We blitzed them all game long. And it was hard on us because we had to hold up in the back end. So if you shame Boeing this year, if you shame Boeing going into this game, do you risk it? Are you really sold on your secondary that Janoris and those guys back in the back half, can they hold up? against these receivers and that's that's going to be a a tough decision but you know what I would do I wouldn't change the game plan at all I would still play on first and second downs I would still play zones because Michael Pittman and this receiving core now they've been playing pretty doggone good I thought they played well Sunday the problem like Lawrence said was this offensive line and Lawrence let me say this when I watched the game Sunday you know I would I was like you know what if Indy could have uh put together a first quarter in the first half, like they played in the second, they would have won this football game. They just went down there, left two plays. Basically, they had two scores, and they didn't capitalize on those two scores. They could have had 14 points uh, coming out of the half, coming out of halftime, and they just squandered. And that hurt me. And this team is dangerous, Davey, because if they can put four quarters together, you remember we was talking about Cincy last year, don't look at the record, don't look at the one, four, and one. The problem with that team is going into the fourth quarter, they was giving up points, and that's where they were losing the game. This team is the polar opposite. If they can come out and play with a sense of urgency, like we said that Tennessee Titans team needed to do against Seattle, then this is going to be a really good football game. Yeah, when you look at it, talking about the Titans this past week, I mean, I don't really think they came out with much of a sense of urgency, at least from the offensive side of the ball. They were struggling to move, and then once they did get down to the red zone, they, they really faltered there. But it's one of those things to where you, D, we talked about it all last year, how the Titans just struggled 
to put together two halves of complimentary football together. One half started off was great, and then you fell off in the second or vice versa. And so it's one of those things to where if you can just get both halves to mirror each other, you're in a lot better situation. And so, Lawrence, when you when you look at the Colts this year and really just under Coach Reich, what what is it about his style that is beneficial to this team on the offensive side of the ball? Like, I mean, I understand they've got some issues at the quarterback, but I mean, he's an offensive mind. He's usually planning ways to scheme around some of his limitations. What 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 are you expecting him to do going into this game? Well, I expect him to lean on the run game incredibly heavy. We got a pretty pretty darn strong backfield uh, when you look at the entire stable of Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, and even our fourth running back averages, even though he only averages about 45 carries a season, he still averages nearly six yards a carry. So, you know, we have a stable that is very, very good. I think they'll utilize that. I think they'll utilize a lot of uh, bubble screens, a, a lot of uh, draw plays, things of that nature to try to help with what we expect if Eason has to play. And Denard was sitting there talking, you know, expecting the blitz coming in. Use the plays that, that um, will help kind of ease that blitz off a little bit. I expect a lot of that. Uh, one thing that I, I am proud of, something that I, I've noticed, you talk about Frank Reich as being an offensive coordinator. The LA Rams, they've had the number one defense in the NFL for a couple years now and very, very good in the past defense with, with Jalen Ramsey and all them. And then, of course, you know, uh, Aaron Donald and and very, very solid. The Colts did not have a single three and out in that entire game. They had one punt, and that was late in the fourth quarter. And that gives me hope because if they can do that against a very good team, then, you know, a defense like the Rams, I feel like all you all they got to do is just keep moving the sticks and keep Derrick Henry over on the other side of the, you know, on the sideline sitting down so he's not wearing out the defense of the Colts because I expect that's probably what the Titans plan on doing. I mean, if you're the the Colts right now, I mean, your number one priority is to limit him. I mean, Derrick Henry last week averaged over five yards a carry. And I mean, that's that's having over 30 carries in a game, which is pretty remarkable in today's NFL. But he's proven to be able to do that time and time again. So, guys, I mean, obviously we, we know that the injuries can be a concern, but when you're, you're talking about injuries, D, it's, it's one of those things you've got to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, you're properly healing, and taking the time to get right. A lot of times with athletes that are out of the game, one of the things that they don't properly do is make sure to get the nutrients and the vitamins that they need there. And I bring that up to say that we're pleased to be sponsored by Balance 7. And if you haven't heard about Balance 7, Balance 7 is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's like vitamins or supplements, but in a liquid form. In just one ounce a day, three times a day, and in a week, you will see the effects. D, as someone who's played at the highest level and you've had to sustain those injuries, what does it mean to take care of your body after you get out of the game? Davey, it means everything because as you get older, your metabolism slows down and unfortunately, you put on unwanted weight. And when I was playing, I would have loved to, if they had something like Balance 7. I mean, the way that I medicated myself with, with, with Gatorade and Applebee's, and unfortunately that didn't pan out well. So Balance 7 would have been awesome for me, man. Well, Balance 7 can really be of help. And right now, if you go to Balance7.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, you'll get $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. 
The bottle lasts 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to fill the pH balancing drink. Go to work. Again, that's balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE at checkout. All right, guys. So we're going into this game. It's really one in which can mean a lot for the winner. You look at the Titans, you get the win here, you go up two to one overall, but more importantly, your biggest threat of winning the AFC South falls to 0-3 and and takes a loss in the division. Lawrence, I mean, for the Colts right now, obviously they're they're not wanting to lose, but I mean, kind of how what's the outlook if they are to drop this game against the Titans this week? Uh, it's very scary. First off, like you said, you know, we'll we'll, we'll be uh, 0-1 in division, 0-3 total, two games down from the, the top of the division where you guys would be sitting. And then, of course, the Indianapolis Colts, their schedule's not pretty the next two games either, right? Because they have a team that won 10 wins last year in Miami, and then they play Baltimore. I mean, they have the toughest five-game, opening five-game stretch uh, in the NFL in decades. So uh, it's a situation where starting off 0-3 for the Indianapolis Colts is is not a very good outlook, even though, you know, we all look at it and go, you know, 1-0, just just win the next game, don't worry about what happened in the past. You still don't want to start 0-3 uh, because uh, percentages-wise, I think that drops you to like 8% chance that you make the playoffs. So that's that's not a good sign. You can't you can't you can't start off zero three. Yeah, definitely the conversation we see more and more now. Like after week two, it's just playoff chances. If your team starts two and zero versus one and one, and then zero and two and zero and two, now you're looking at less than or right around ten percent. I think it might be at eleven. Obviously, we do throw in the added bonus of teams now having or conferences now having the third wild card team in addition to having that extra game. So it will be. Fun to watch those numbers as we go throughout the next couple of years and see how the analytics start to fall into place there. Denard, when you're the Titans, I know you're not wanting to look ahead. And I mean, you even mentioned the Cincinnati game earlier. But for the Titans, if they're able to pull off that win against Indianapolis, how does that set up for us in the near future? I mean, you got the Jets followed by the Jags. And then we have that pivotal Buffalo Monday night game in week six. So, I mean, if you're able to get this win on Sunday, do you feel like you got some breathing room? No, no. You don't start breathing in this league until week 17 and you have a playoff spot locked up. Uh, you remember when we all last year alluded to a word called disparity? There's no disparity in this league. When you overlook your opponent, and I said, and I told you this last year, I said, never look at your opponent's record. That sometimes is not a true indicator of this team. When you look at this Colts team, Davey, they are a dangerous bunch. They should have won that game Sunday, okay? They didn't play very well in the first half. I thought they got beat up on the, like Lawrence said, off, on the offensive line. And if this offensive line come out to play Sunday, that's what will give this team a chance to win. And, and if they're able with this three-headed monster, that they have at running back. You're talking about Jonathan Taylor. You remember what happened the first game? He lit us up and Naheem Himes. That's a that's a three-headed. It's hard to stop three guys because they, they stay fresh. And you can't just key on one guy because they, they bring so much versatility to that backfield. So again, it just puts you in a very good position because listen, you'll be two and one, and then you got to look at it like this. It's a divisional game. Divisional games is everything in the National Football League because it counts 
as two games. So you always want to get off to a good start. But Davey, I got to ask Lawrence, this is something that I've been, uh, it's been heavy on my heart. Now we know Frank Wright is the offensive coordinator. He is the head coach, but you know, he's probably the one that's calling the plays. That's just, you know, you don't like to put the term OC on the head coach, but believe me, I've been in a few organizations where the head coach is actually the one who's calling the plays. Now, Lewis Riddick, he alluded to this the other night about this coach team. Could we possibly see um, a guy by the name of Nick Foles uh, somewhere down the line playing for this coach team? Because you, you can't let this go away because who led them to the? Who was the offensive coordinator in Philly in 2017 when they won the Super Bowl? You and <laughs> a lot of other people have brought that name up so many times. I and, know. And uh, honestly, I, I I think that that people are kind of blowing in the wind on the Nick Foles thing. I really do. Uh, unless something severe happens, like we're talking season-ending injury. You know what I mean? Right now, I, I believe that Frank Reich has 100% faith in Carson Wentz. Yeah, it's 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 the situation. Uh, as for Eason, the backup, I think that Eason's a good backup, but we haven't really gotten a chance to really see what he could do in a game. There's a possibility we will see that this Sunday, depending upon if Wentz can go or not. And at that point, that's when you're going to realize, you know, whether or not they might be looking or might not be looking uh, for a veteran quarterback, whether his name is Nick Foles or not. But my my only issue with the Nick Foles thing is, is I get that you're supposed to be a professional and you have to handle things, but human, we're all, everybody's human beings, right? Professional ball players are human beings too. And if you bring in Nick Foles behind Carson Wentz, you're just asking for trouble in my opinion. You know, I, I really do. I, I think that's a situation where, uh, he get he gets a season-ending injury. Nick Foles steps in, wins the Super Bowl, right? And <laughs> yeah. and then and then Nick Foles gets the 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 statue built in his name right there in Philly. Even though Wentz is the one that got him to the playoffs right. in the first place, right? And then you know, I just I, I I think that that's you pretty much have to completely and utterly give up on Carson Wentz to go after Nick Foles. I guess, Lawrence, to, to go off of that, this is more of just an overarching question as it relates to the Colts franchise, really when you want to look back the last two decades. Obviously, quarterback had been a position where from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, it had just been, like, you couldn't have asked for a better two guys. I mean, first overall picks, they turn out to be generational players. Obviously, the injury concerns with Andrew was what led to his career ending a lot shorter than most were anticipating. But as of late, it's been a revolving door of quarterbacks for the Colts. How how are the fans kind of handling that? Are they just ready to like go ahead and be like, all right, we're just going to use our first-round pick, take a quarterback in the draft? Or are they kind of getting to that point? Or are they thinking, you know what, I mean, Carson's got a chance to revitalize his career. How, how's that mindset been from the fans that you've talked to and just the people that you interact with as it relates to this quarterback situation? Oh, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. You have the you have the, the the Wentz stands out there that believe that Carson Wentz can be that guy long term. He just has to stay healthy, right? Which he has yet to show that the last few years. Uh, even this year, you know, now second time in what two months that he's you know had something go wrong with him. And then of course, as you say, the last four years in a row, we've had a different starting quarterback. Last year being Philip Rivers, and 
to be fair, I personally, I'm sick of it. We, we need to have somebody here year after year. You are not going to be anywhere consistent year after year having a different quarterback every year. There's just no possible way because there's going to be no chemistry, you know, following from one year to another between quarterback, the center, the, the, the offensive line, the, the coach, the receivers, the running, everything. That quarterback position is not just important due to his talents on the field, but the fact that he already knows the system, the organization, and the players and has a connection with them from the years that he's been there. That is very vital. Yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I know you and I were talking earlier and kind of just making comparisons. Obviously, I'm here in Knoxville, and so I'm very familiar with Peyton Manning. And so it's one of those things for people that follow the University of Tennessee, and you kind of look at how it's been for them. The comparison I would make here is you had Johnny Majors and Philip Fulmer for decades, and you were solid at the coaching position, but then it's just been a revolving door of head coaches for the last several years. And now it's kind of like, that's what I view for the Colts when you're looking at the quarterback situation. You had Peyton for 15 years, and then you had you thought you were going to have Luck for 15 years, and and now, as you mentioned, like the last several years, it's just been a revolving door from backups like Jacoby Brissett having to step in, and then going out getting Philip Rivers, and now Carson Wentz, and he's battling injuries. So Jacob Beeson, and so it's it's just it's interesting because I mean, usually for these types of shows, teams aren't necessarily talking about the long-term effects of these teams, but seeing as we're AFC South division rivals, it's something that people are really focused on as far as like, what's the future for the division hold? Because we know that with Jacksonville right now, they've got their so, so-called so savior, their franchise in Trevor Lawrence. Now, is, is Urban Meyer going to be able to get him at the level that he can be to take that franchise to new heights? And with Houston, we know that's a train wreck when you just look at their management situation, not to mention their supposed star quarterback and all of his off-field issues that he's currently trying to get resolved. So you, you really do look at right now, it's between the Titans and the Colts. And the, the Titans, at least at quarterback, Ryan Tannehill looks to be the guy for the foreseeable future. You got Derrick Henry at least for a couple more years. And so those stars are in place, whereas for Indy right now, that's still kind of up in the air. And so it's one of those things that Titans fans have kind of been looking at and they're just like, Man, we, there's been times where the division's been at a high level and we've just not been able to compete. Now it's kind of that opposite situation. So the Titans are just hoping that the team takes advantage of this moment where you won the AFC South last year and then you have a good opportunity to do it this year. And based off the betting odds, the Titans are the favorite to come out representing the division when the season hits playoff time. And so, Denard, as we kind of come back to talking about this game, I want to get it. What are your three keys to victory for the Tennessee Titans this week? And then, Lawrence, I'm going to throw it to you for the three keys for the Colts. The three keys, well, first of all, it starts on your offense and your defensive line. To me, those are your rock stars. We saw that Sunday. They was able to establish their DNA because of a strong running game that ended up setting up uh, the, uh, the passing game, which we saw Julio going off. We have got to make some plays and I'm going to say this again with the receivers. you got two great receivers in Julio. You have A.J. Josh is probably coming back. You're talking about Nick Westbrook, Akine, Chester Rogers. We have to make some plays on the perimeters because this Colts team, when they try to play man-to-man, they do struggle in man-to-man coverage. So that might that's going to be huge. So look at your offense and defensive line, the perimeter game with the receivers. And let me say this. 
You got a young quarterback coming in and Jacob Eason. I've done my homework on him, Davey. Let me tell you something. He comes from a great pedigree. You know who his dad is now, don't you? Actually, I don't. I should, but I don't. Last time I saw Jacob Lawrence, Eason play. Lawrence, do you play, know who his dad I know Lawrence know who his dad is. Won't you tell everybody? Oh, I love it. I finally got two people. I feel smart for a change. <laughs> the great Tony Eason. You remember, you remember the 85 game, 85 New England Patriots that played the Bears in the Super Bowl? I know that Steve Brogan uh, started that game, but it was Tony Eason who led them that year to the uh, AFC Championship game. Tony Eason was a great player. He came out in 1983. That's considered the greatest class of quarterbacks ever in the draft. John Elway to Denver. Dan Marino, some guy named Marino. Todd Blackledge, who's a great analyst. Jim Kelly came out of that class. His dad was chosen the 15th pick in the first round. So he has great pedigree. So again, if we can get to the young quarterback, keep him flustered, Davey, make him start thinking because with the great, with a young quarterback, now guess what can happen? If you give him some confidence, oh, it's a nightmare and you have to blitz him. Remember, blitz him. And Davey, when you get through blitzing a young quarterback, you know what you're supposed to do if you're a defensive coordinator, Shane Bowen? Would that be blitz some more, Denard? Blitz him some more. Keep doing it. <laughs> That's what you do. Blitz them. All right. Well, I mean, Titans fans have been wanting to see the team get to the quarterback. We saw last year it was, I mean, for a team to make the playoff, they had the least amount of sacks, I think, in like NFL history. So definitely getting to the quarterback is something that this fan base is really anxious to see. Obviously, you went out and spent a lot of money on Bud Dupree. You got Harold Landry on the other side. He's about to be playing for his, for his next contract. So those two guys got to go out there and get it. I'm with you, man. Like, let's, let's see what can happen if you send that edge. And so, Lawrence, I'll, I'll throw it back to you, man. What what are the Colts they have to do in order to come out victorious on Sunday? I, I hate going by exactly what Denard said, but defensive line play is, is going to be so important in this game for the Indianapolis Colts, not just on the pass, but the run as well. They need to get penetration beyond that offensive line. They need to get in the run lanes, get, get in the backfield, redirect uh, Derrick Henry, make him stop and go, make him force him to go east and west rather than north and south. Um, that because you can't let him get a, a full head of steam. He's going to run over everybody on that defense. Got to get there. And then, of course, the Titans have got two very, very good wide receivers in A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. But if the defensive line gets pressure and, you know, gets that penetration, gets in on, on, in front of Tannehill's face, that will shorten the time frame that these wide receivers will have for their routes to get open and it'll, it'll, it'll only help uh the indianapolis colts in in hopeful victory uh number two the running game has has to start and finish strong they have to uh, i don't care they don't have to run seven eight yards a carry but if they can get three and a half to four and a half yards a clip at least that every time Every time, just move the sticks, make things easy on Eason, make it so that the the Tennessee Titans, you know, are uh, their defense isn't looking at it on third third down and going, well, it's third and eight or third and twelve. We can just pin our ears back, go after Eason. That's so important. And then thirdly, turnovers. Got to win the turnover battle in this game. You cannot give the ball away. Easton's going to have to hold on to the football and not make bad decisions as a, as, a, as a young quarterback. And on the defensive side, they need to start getting some of those that Darius Leonard 
projected the Indianapolis Colts to have 40 turnovers this year. 40. That was what he said their goal was. Now, they've got three so far. They've got 37 to go. I think that means they need six of them in this game to catch up to speed. Um, so uh, I don't expect six turnovers by the Titans in this game, but if the defense can pull one or two away, I'd be incredibly happy and it would help out the calls. All right, guys, I appreciate you guys giving me that information for each team and what it's going to take for them to win. Real quickly on the way out, I want to go around the room and I want score prediction, Denard's favorite part of the game. And to give you guys a little bit of time to think about it, I'll go first. As I look at this game, I do think the Titans will at least show enough to where they come out victorious. Last I saw, the line was around five points. You can go to bet online, lock in on that action. I got the Titans winning this one. Usually 30 is my magic number. If the Titans can get to 30, I think they can win almost every game outside of maybe the Chiefs and the Bills. But for this one right now, with the uncertainty surrounding the Colts quarterback situation, I'm going to go with the Titans 31, the Colts 23. Whoever wants to go next, I'll leave it up to you two. I'll go. Okay. I'll let Lawrence have the last. Also, can I not make a prediction, but I can say this. If history uh, repeats itself Sunday, I will go with Tennessee, considering the fact that since 2016, the Colts have only won one time in Nashville. So so they've been one and four since 2016. So let's hope history repeats itself, and then I'll go to tights. Uh, as far as the score, I'm going to say 100 to 99, but I'm going to go with the history instead of the actual score, uh, actual number. Yeah, your low-scoring <laughs> affair for the Seahawks didn't exactly bode well gotcha, last week. So, um, yeah, it's it's. we'll see if that continues. Lawrence, how about you, my man? I honestly, when I started uh, early today and I recorded mine with the Quell, I didn't know everything that I knew after, you know, from talking to you right afterwards. My score prediction at the time, believe it or not, was Tennessee winning 28-17. Uh, I really did believe that that in this game that, that Tennessee held most of the high cards and, you know, so much questions behind the offensive line and the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. But then you were talking about your offensive line, and I have faith in my defensive line. The Colts' defensive line is very good with DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart sitting at the defensive tackles. So uh, I'm going to close that out down a little bit. I still think the Titans win. I'm going to make it 24-17 instead. Okay. All right, and Lawrence, we really do appreciate you joining us. Please tell the good people where they can find you. No, you can find me wherever you listen to podcasts. Obviously, I'm on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, you can find me at Colts underscore law on Twitter and Instagram. I have a YouTube page called Lawrence Owen as well. And I have another podcast called Colts Law. Nice. All right, Denard, real quickly on the way out, give me at least one to two sentences of motivation for this game on Sunday. I'm going to say it again. Offense and defensive line win games in this league. It's all about the trenches. It's all about the nasty boys, the ugly boys, the hogs, whatever you want to call them. It's about those guys. It's not about your quarterback. It's not about your glorified running backs. It's not about your overpaid receivers. It's about the men that make this game what it is today, and that's the big boys in the trenches. So offensive, defensive line will predicate what happens Sunday. I was giving you that opportunity to talk about special teams and the kicker, uh, but you decided not to. But I'll, I'll take no. those, those, those motivational words on the way out as uh, we get set to leave. But, Lawrence, thank you for joining the show. Looking forward to watching the game on Sunday. And 
we want to wish you luck, but not too much luck. But with that said, for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. We'll be back following Sunday's matchup. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by Bet Online. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.